Hello, friends, and welcome to a not-so-nice edition of Bad Flips <laughs> and Maple Dips. Uh, the gloves are coming off today. It's Patrick in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's beautiful outside. Uh, on the inside, I am dying. Uh, not exactly the kind of week of baseball you want to see from the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, the home of... Jeez, uh, I've referenced everything I can think of that's in saskatchewan at this point i don't even know <laughs> what do you guys have that's like unique to you um uranium well, mine or something we we call hoodies bunny hugs yeah home of the bunny hug i like <laughs> that one a lot uh how you doing uh this week justin let objectively like let's not get into uh, baseball how, how are you feeling <laughs> outside of last night i'm feeling great yeah no i i have i took today off um oh nice I'm, I've made the mistake of booking my vehicle to kick, take my winter tires off, and then I checked the oh. forecast this morning, and there's falling oh. for snow the next three days. So I'm just not oh, going to drive anywhere after this. So, no. people of Saskatchewan, I'm sorry, it's my fault. I did it. What is you doing? Well, no, you got to wait until the end of April to take your snow tires off. But it was it was 20 degrees two days ago. I know, and but tomorrow I know, it's going to be three and snow. So this country, this country is just it's. One day it could be a full-on <laughs> snow squall, and then the next yeah. day it is plus 15, and everything melts, and then all of a sudden you've got floods everywhere and potholes everywhere. It's Canada. just that's <laughs> it's Canada, baby. That's the way that it goes. Uh, we want to get right into it because we have a lot we want to talk about, yeah. specifically about last night's uh, Only game. about last night's yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's pretty much this episode's only about one uh, particular game. Uh, as you all know, uh, the Jays are went from three and one to three and four real quick. Uh, not a good look for this team, uh, but we're going to get into it. Before we do that, though, if you want to check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast, we're there. Uh, sometimes we're cranky. I know I'm a huge sour puss when the Jays lose, especially when it's a game <laughs> they're supposed to win or they have the tools to win. It's very frustrating, uh, but you can give us a listen there uh, if you want to grab our our podcast or you can you know see the funny shit we like to retweet um meanwhile check us out on anchor apple podcasts spotify google podcasts breaker pocket casts that's a new one uh radio public stitcher tune in and more uh and yes our website's still up it's bfmdpodcast.com i promise we'll get something up there soon it's hard to do we'll get there you just just be patient with us uh justin Without any further ado, let's just let's just get into it, man. It was an ugly, ugly, ugly loss to take in extra innings. Yeah. Uh, the Jays go down seven to five to the Angels. Um, just just take it away, man. Just take yeah. it away. One one quick thing before we jump into last night's game, I just do want to mention that yeah, George Springer uh, felt some tightness in his hamstring while oh. rehabbing from the oblique oh. injury in a sim game. Uh, MRI, it's a low grade. Uh, hamstring injury not expected to play during the current homestand the next three games against the angels and then three more against the yankees but the team hopes that he can join them on their upcoming road trip so that is a thing Uh, we could be 12 games or more into the season before we see george springer's debut as a blue jay which is not what we want to see when you sign a guy for 150 million dollars Moving into the even worse news yesterday, the Blue Jays lost to the Anaheim Angels or Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, whatever the fuck they're called now, seven to five in 11 innings. They change their name every damn year, it seems. Uh, the bad thing is, 
this game should have never gotten texture innings. Uh, we're going to pick things up here in the uh, bottom of the seventh inning. It was five to five at the time. Uh, Ross Stripling had started for the Blue Jays. He had went five innings, did give up four earned runs, which is about what you'd expect from Ross Stripling over five innings, especially when he's facing his daddy, Mike Trout, who absolutely owns that guy over his career. Like it's like the numbers are numbers are seven for 10. Yeah, seven hundred. Yeah, so you just like Mike Trout is good to begin with, but then you throw in that, and you just you're gonna have a bad time. Um, but let's start in the seventh inning, the bottom half to be specific. The Blue Jays come in a bat. Uh, Joe Panic, who started at second base, uh, they gave Marcus Semien uh, a day off at DH last night off his feet. Joe Panic leads off the inning with a double to right field. That's really the perfect start to a tie game uh, late in the game. Uh, Denny Jansen is due up. And he's come, he comes up to the plate. He's got one job, Patrick. He, his job is to move the runner over. Denny Jansen proceeds to ground out directly to their shortstop, right in front of the base runner. He can't advance. Uh, as a hitter, and Buck and Tabby talked about this on the broadcast, you've got to be able to shoot the ball the right side. It's, it's not a hard thing. Obviously, hitting a baseball is a very difficult task. But for a, for a player of any skill level, whether you're Mike Trout or Denny Jansen, a very big hitting skill gap, you have to be able to let the ball get a little deep, just punch it to, to the right side of the infield at the very least. We know that uh, Denny Jansen's confidence to get a bunt down is really low. We have evidence of the Texas series for that when he couldn't get a bunt down with two strikes and just chopped at the ball looking like Clark from bench warmers. Uh, but as a professional hitter, you've got to be able to not only lay down a sack bunt, but also shoot that ball the other way. So now you've got one out because Denny Jansen just grounds out right in front of the base runner. Next up as Marcus Samin. Now, he was DHing as mentioned, and at this point in the game, he was over 3 with 2 Ks and a ground up to third base. Uh, his first two at-bats, he saw six total pitches and struck out swinging twice. Not a great, not a great game for him against Griffin Canning. Uh, but this time, he hits the ball on a line to Mike Trout. Unfortunately, Panic is still stuck at second. He makes contact, gets the ball out of the infield, but not in the right place or not deep enough to advance the runner. Now you've got two outs, and your leadoff double is still standing out there at, at second base. He's probably getting cramps in his legs from standing there for so damn long. Uh, and Kevin Biggio comes up and proceeds to chop, uh, I think it was an 0-2 offering, right back to the pitcher, inning over. Add that another add another 0-3 to the runners in scoring position total. We'll touch on that again later. Uh, the eighth inning is uneventful. Uh, both teams go in order. Uh, Julian Merriweather comes in for the top of the ninth. He battles around a, a one-out single to Dexter Fowler and a two-out walk to Otani. He gets a great play, an insane catch. Uh, Grichuk flying through the air to rob Mike Trout of a go-ahead RBI sing, uh, single in the in the ninth inning. Beautiful play. Beautiful Absolutely catch. Absolutely beautiful play. Yeah. Uh, Randall Grichuk, I, I know we. it was easy for us to say he was going to be the odd man out uh, this year. Uh, he's done everything. <laughs> he's been to, our best to... outfielder with the bat and the glove. Easily, easily. Yeah. Uh, Gurriel has struggled to start the season at the plate. Um, defensively, he's fine. Hey, Oscar strikes out 50% of the time so far this year. So that's Oscar Hernandez is in a massive slump. Yeah. He looks atrocious. Trouble with the slider there. Yeah. Uh, even though Grichuk went 0 for 7 collectively, I think, in the last two games, uh, at least defensively, he's out there making plays. Uh, he made and two he diving did... catches last night. Yeah, I mean, he, he entered, uh, I think it was Wednesday's game, hitting 500. Yeah, or something like that. So he's still off so, to a great start. Yeah, yeah, you know he's 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 been great. The problem is that when every literally everyone else around you in the fucking lineup 
can't hit a ball past the pitcher, <laughs> you can't win a baseball game. Yeah. So um, I'm trying do? to find this. Ben Wagner had tweeted. Oh, here we go. So he crunched some numbers. Uh, Guerrero and Grichuk are combined 340 with five extra base hits, 10 RBIs, and seven walks between them. The rest of the team is hitting just 176. Last night, 14 combined strikeouts, including the last five hitters of the game. So outside of Vladdy and Randall, nobody's hitting in this on this lineup right now. We're way below the Mendoza line outside of those two guys, and that's got to change in a hurry. Although we'll touch on that here in a second again. Uh, now we move to the bottom of the ninth inning. Julian Merriweather got us there. Tie game. Randall Grichuk, uh, he, he flies out to center field. Not deep. Joe Panic, professional hitter Joe Panic, steps in and he sends a 3-1 fastball deep to right center field, just shy of the 400 sign. Uh, Mike Trout catches it a one step away from the wall. Panic almost ended it. So the guy who had the leadoff double in the seventh almost ends it in the ninth too. He came to play last night. Now here's where it gets fucky. <laughs> Danny Jansen's spot is up with two outs. So instead of just sticking with your catcher, knowing that you're probably going to go to extra innings unless you can get a home run from somebody, uh, Charlie Montoyo elects to pinch hit an 0 for 16 right to Les, who entered the game with six strikeouts in those 16 at-bats. Uh, to his credit, Rowdy does draw a two-out walk, his first walk drawn of the season. So now you've got Rowdy Telez at first base. You can't let him run, so they bring in Jonathan Davis. And before a single pitch to Marcus Samin is thrown by Steve Ciszek, uh, uh, he picks off Jonathan Davis at first base. To make matters worse and to add more salt into the wound, th that was Steve uh, Steve Ciszek's uh, 598th appearance in a game last night. It was his second career pickoff. It did appear as though he may have balked. Uh, his ready position is with his glove near his uh, near his waist, near his crotch, his belt buckle. And before he picked off Davis, he did lift his glove up to his chest, which, if you go back and watch other footage, is the start of his pitching delivery home. Now, by definition, as soon as you start your delivery towards home plate, you cannot throw to any base. Your first move has to be to a base. But it wasn't egregious enough for me to be like, yeah, that's a typical blown call. That's something that was just, it happened in the game. You can't blame the umpires for that one. Davis, on the other hand, he didn't even attempt to dive back into the base. He just stood there. He was so caught that he couldn't even react. He just stood there and took the tag. Now, for a guy hanging on to the 26th roster spot and to a guy who had already been caught stealing third base for the third out in the Texas Rangers series earlier this week, you can't be fucking up on the base paths. This is Jonathan Davis's last chance at a Blue Jay uniform. And right now he's doing nothing to warrant keeping him when George Springer returns. So now, because of this blunder, instead of just letting your starting catcher Danny Jansen hit, you've now used both Rowdy Telez, who you don't have for the extra innings. You've used your best defensive outfielder, Jonathan Davis. And now you have to bring Alejandro Kirk into the game. Not that Alejandro Kirk is bad. I'm not saying that. But... You have the opportunity here to do a double switch, maybe take Lourdes Gurriel Jr. out, who had a terrible night at the plate, and leave Jonathan Davis in for defense. You should, if you're Charlie Montoyo, but in, in, instead you choose not to. So you effectively have you've used, utilized Davis, Telez, and Jansen, and they're all gone in one fell swoop. There goes your bench. Now we go to the 10th inning. Of course, we have runners at starting at second base. Mike Trett was the last out in the ninth, so he starts at second. Not a great guy to have on the base pass, but Merriweather stays in for his second inning of work. He gets Anthony Rendon looking 
on a great pitch that Rendon throws a fit over. Now, uh, for those who watched the full game like I did last night, the umpire had a pretty wide strike zone, especially inside all game, but his low strikes were all on point against both sides, and there'll be more on this too as I continue to rant and rave. So this ball was in the strike zone. Rendon throws a fit, starts putting up the stop sign like you can't call that, and it was a strike, easy strike. Next up is Walsh. Now, Merriweather gets a dribbler from him at the first baseline and nearly bobbles it enough to cause an error. He ends up flipping the ball from his glove to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to record the out. It was bang, bang. Like, the call on the field, it was an out. The Angels challenge, but it's so close. It's too close to overturn. There is no definitive evidence. Had the umpire made a safe call, I don't think they could have called him out. Like, this was like bang, bang. And generally in baseball, they say a tie goes to the runner, but there wasn't enough uh, evidence to say that the foot was down the instant before Vladdy had the ball in the like in the, in his glove. He caught it. So they call They stick with the out. Now there's two outs, and then Mayweather gets uh, Justin Upton to fly out to Randall Grinchuk to end the threat. So that brings us to the bottom of the 10th inning. Move the damn runner over. Alejandro Kirk is in the game now because of the jansen Telez davis spot that he filled. He has to run at second base as his as that slot was the last out in the last inning. Again, we've got that runner on second base to lead off just like in the seventh inning, and we've got one, one job. Move the runner over. Marcus Samin, who has continued to have an awful night at the plate, he's over 4 at this point, he channels his inner Danny Jansen and grounds out directly to the shortstop. Kirk stays at second. 1-0. Kevin Biggio comes up, does a great job to work the count full, then he gets absolutely frozen by a fastball on the inner half of the zone, like pretty much right down the middle. He doesn't even get the bat off his shoulder. He immediately just turns around and walks back to the dugout. Like, didn't even swing. No attempt. Alejandro Kirk, he's still out there at second. Bo Bichette comes up. He works a bit, works the count a little bit and gets an absolute muffin of a fastball from Junior Guerra. Uh, takes a huge cut and strikes out swinging. Ends the inning. Boba Shet's mad. He's swinging towels around the dugout. He threatens a, a bunch of water bottles in a package and decides not to hit them because he's like, these water bottles are the only thing with better flow than I have. Um, the 11th inning. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> After two great innings from Julian Merriweather, you've got to go to somebody else. And Charlie Monteo turns to Ryan Barucki, who's been great all season. Now, you, of course, you got Justin Upton starting at second base. And Ryan Barucki then proceeds to walk Jose Iglesias to put two men on with nobody out. Kurt Suzuki, veteran catcher, a catcher Patrick, who was working on a golden sombrero. He had four strikeouts up to that point. He does what no Blue Jay is seemingly capable of, and he drops down a sacrifice bunt. Barucki makes the play at first, but now you got runners on second and third with one out. Gee, it's almost like the Blue Jay should have used their starting catcher to bunt back in the seventh fucking inning. Anyway... Uh, this is a move that where I believe uh, cost the Jays the game. Uh, David Fletcher comes up with second in, runners on second and third and one out. And instead of sticking with Ryan Barucki, Charlie Montoyo goes to Rafael Dolis, who has had nothing but trouble with the first hitter, the first batter that he's faced in every appearance so far this, this season. David Fletcher is a great contact hitter. He only has three strikeouts so far this season. For his career, his average against left-handed pitchers, 285. Against righties, 292 basically dead even no noticeable splits there now to their credit 
Ryan Barucki, a left-handed pitcher, gives up a 274 average to right-handed batters. Rafael Dolis, a right-handed pitcher, gives up a 310 batting average to right-handers. He's actually money against lefties. Like, it's below 200. It's better than Ryan Barucki against lefties. Now, the sample size, for those of you who are going to scream at me, Ryan Barucki's faced 381 right-handed batters to Dolis's 173. More than double. The numbers say they're, they're, to me that you'll leave Ryan Barucki in. Now, to, to his credit, Rafael Dolis delivers a really good inside fastball, up and in, should jam about 95% of hitters in the game for a weak pop, maybe a little ground ball. But Fletcher is an elite contact hitter, as we've mentioned. Those average, those batting averages are no joke. He muscles it over the infield into shallow center field for a two RBI single. It's seven five angels. Shohei Otani comes up, immediately grounds on the first pitch. He sees the inning is over, but the angels have done the damage. They're up by two. Of course, extra innings are still happening. So it's bottom 11. You get a runner on second base that automatically brings a tying run to the plate. Now, Bo Bichette was the last out in the last inning, so he starts on second base. Nice speed on the base pass. The Angels go and bring in their closer, Rezel Iglesias. The Jays have Teoscar Hernandez, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. do up. One swing ties the game. A couple doubles would too. Teoscar, he takes a breaking ball that catches all of the plate, and strikes out looking. Now, just like Rendon a couple innings earlier, he throws an absolute hiss. He got a little tantrum at the plate. But this ball was even more of a strike than uh, than the one to Rendon. Like, it caught all the plate. There was nothing here. And Teoscar Hernandez this season, I did some digging on baseball savant last night after the game because I was mad about sliders. He has seen the most sliders of anybody in baseball this year. And I don't know if he's, he's hit a couple. He hit the first inning last night. He hit one for an RBI and single. But he is taking more sliders in the zone and swinging at more outside of the zone than he did last year. So he's just, he's, the slider is just the, the victimizing pitch for Teoscar Hernandez right now. So after all that being said, the big hissy fit at the plate, it's there's one gone and Bo Bichette's still standing at second. This was the seventh batter the Blue Jays had since the seventh inning that had a chance to move a runner from second base with nobody out. And they're 0 for 7 at doing so at this point. Now, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. comes up, and uh, he's hit the piss out of a couple balls tonight. He smashed a home run to right center field, and he tries to hit the ball back to Toronto with a massive swing, strikes out on a 3-2 pitch that he just missed completely. Two outs, Bichette at second. Lourdes Guerrero Jr. comes up, and instead of uh, being out of the game in favor of the better defender in Jonathan Davis at this point, who maybe wouldn't have done any better here, he strikes out swinging on three pitches. Game over. The final five Blue Jay batters strike out. They finished 2-for-13 with runners in scoring position, including 0-for-9 with a runner on second base and nobody out uh, from the seventh inning on. They went 1-2-3 three, three times with a guy on second base. They left six men on base, but of course, three of those guys were out there for nine of those, <laughs> those, those attempts. And they struck out 14 times, and now through seven games have 72 strikeouts as a team. The Baltimore Orioles lead the league, by the way, with 91 strikeouts so far this season. There's a lot of strikeouts happening. But for the Jays, 72 strikeouts in the first seven games played is the most in franchise history to start a season. The 2016 team, who was very good, did strike out 71 times in their first seven. But I, I also want to point out too, Justin, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I, I just want to point out that the, the Baltimore Orioles uh, are also currently leading the division. Yeah, they're so... four and three. We kind of yeah. have to eat that big shit pie here. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. Now. So as sucks. Ben Wagner mentioned in his tweet, 
the team as a whole is batting 208, the 272 on base percentage, and OPS of 639. It's still, it's still, it's only, there's still 10 teams in baseball who have a worse OPS than us. So it could be worse, guys. But again, outside of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the, the team is hitting like 178 or 172, whatever that number was that I said before. So for an offense that was supposed to put up big numbers, we're averaging less than four runs scored per game so far. We've scored 25 total runs through seven games um, and just aren't hitting the ball at all. And we're, we're getting, we're honestly getting the pitching that we need. It's just those tiny mistakes like bringing in Dolis in favor of Baraki. When Dolis gets absolutely mauled by right-handed batters, um, it baffled me. That was That was the most egregious thing to me. I loved the decision to leave Julian Merriweather in for two innings. I thought that was great. He was dealing. He struggled in that second inning, but still managed to battle through it. Using Jordan Romano uh, in the in the eighth inning was also very smart because he got a couple of huge outs that I don't know if anybody else could have at the time. Um, and the only guy who should be out of commission for tonight's game is is is, is Merriweather because he pitched. He's the only one who pitched more than an inning. Everyone else is is in play. They're going to use David Phelps. To, to open and then they're going to go to yeah. Zoic after that so the bullpen management outside of the Delise over Baraki decision I thought was very good last night they used six pitchers but of course you went two extra innings so that's going to rack up the extra pitching and but they're, they're, the hitters just aren't showing up this year like there's no there's no skill right now it's just swinging for the fences every time up People are making the excuse, oh, it's a young team. They were a young team last year, and they did the same thing. Sooner or later, you got to learn. Same thing. Yeah. 2019. You got to learn. If you have nine chances with a guy at second base, and not one of you can move the runner over to third, you had five strikeouts in a row in extra innings. You can even put the ball in play. That's And the only ball that was in play in extra innings was a ground ball to shortstop. Nothing left the infield. Uh, it's... It's Didn't brutal. Biggio hit a hit a comebacker to the pitcher or something like that? It was a chopper. Like it bounced twice before like it, it got to him. It was weak. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't. A, it was. There was no hard hit balls in in extra innings. That and that was in the ninth. That that com, that comebacker. What I don't understand is okay. So going like exiting spring training, almost all of our main hitters were showing a considerable amount of patience at the plate. Yeah, they're working the pitch. count. So a lot of them were actually getting caught looking yeah. because they were waiting for the right pitch. And, I mean, getting caught looking is really embarrassing for a hitter, uh, no matter what level you're playing at, um, because it's obviously a pitch you're supposed to swing at because it's in the zone. Um, but everything looked fine going into the regular season. And then as soon as they had this marquee matchup against the Yankees they steal two games from them they're, so they're up okay so they're they're two and one to start the year great start. they did a, they did a lot of it with uh pitching. With, with pitching and uh none of it with fundamental hitting no it was all double or home run or or nothing there was not a lot of small ball yeah uh and then enter the three game series against the Rangers and it starts off great because we get some good pitching and then it goes to shit because the pitching goes to shit and everybody starts gripping their bat a little bit tighter, uh, trying to hit the ball 450 feet every time they take a swing. 
Right. And it's ridiculous. And some of these guys know better. Joe Panic knows better. That's why he was able to hit successfully yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why Randall Gritchick was able to get get some things done early in, in the year. And that's why Vladdy is getting things done. They're waiting for their pitches. But everybody else is trying to hit the ball 450 feet every time they get up to the plate. And they're not thinking, how do I advance the runner? Look at the situation I'm in. Nobody out, runner on second. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense for Bobichette to swing away. But Danny Jansen, who is barely a career 200 hitter, he's probably below that now, to be honest, yeah. uh, advanced the runner. Give him a chance. And Jonathan Davis, honestly. Oh. I Jonathan love Jonathan Davis, Davis but he's that was the most be embarrassing. Yeah, that was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen uh, uh, a player do in in late innings like that. That was bad. Uh, he was sniped, and yep. the fact that he just stopped, like he froze, he wasn't paying attention. His head was up his ass. That's that's it. I would DFA him immediately. That's it. You can't have a player that cost him the game. Yeah. I don't think it's a DFAable offense. It's not. Uh, it's just like it's. It's just making him like well, he's but, he's dug his own grave in terms of the. Well, why are we spot. why are we bothering to keep him on when he he can't hit the ball and yeah, but Patrick, perfectly... you're, you're not going to play anybody else any more than you're playing Palacios. Jonathan David. You're not going to play Palacios? him. He's not going to play. He's not. You're you're telling me that Palacios is going to play above Grichuk, Guriel, or Hernandez in the outfield? There's no what's chance. Guriel hitting right now? Uh, better 50. than probably better than Palacios would. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I just think they need to shuffle the lineup. I don't I think, think it's going to is... happen. I think the biggest issue, too, I, 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 the shuffle lineup thing is a good, is a good thing, is the, the way that they're constructing the batting order right now. You've got your hottest two hitters hitting five and seven right now. <sighs> in the yes, that's so and stupid. Instead of – Vladdy deserves hit second. Like, Vladdy is, our, is, is this team's Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson hit second for us when he won the MVP. Um, Bobochet is great in the third spot, but he's not getting much to hit right now because Kevin Biggio is not having the best start to the season. He did have a home run last night, but he's just not making a lot of solid contact. The home run was great. I hope it continues. I love Biggio. I got his jersey. I talk about him all the time. He's great, but he's not doing well enough in that second spot to warrant him being there. For me, I I like Marcus Semin in that in that leadoff spot. I think DHing him is weird. Um. You can get off days later on the season. It's been it's the seventh games. He doesn't need a day off his feet. He played 162 games two years ago. He doesn't need a day off his feet. So I, I think doing that is strange. I'd rather see a guy like um, uh, like Guriel get a day off his feet at DH because he seems to be like just struggling right now. Um, just keep putting Rowdy in there even, but keep him lower in the lineup. But again, you don't want your DH to hit seventh or eighth. He's got to be a, a, a hitter. So I, I believe that it, right now the lineup has to be Samin, Vladdy, Bo, Teoscar, top five, or top four, sorry. And then I'd love to see Grichik in the fifth spot right now. Move him up into where Vladdy is and move Vladdy to where Kevin is struggling. Go Grichik and then go Biggio. Because Grichik's getting, Grichik is, is hitting well right now. Teoscar's not. But if you can get one of Vladdy or or Bo or Marcus Samin on base, that's going to give those other guys below them pitches to hit. And right now, Vladdy's hitting like 380. He's hitting his pitches. He's not swinging for the fences, except with the exception of that last attempt last night. 
Yeah, he needs to be at the plate in those high leverage situations. He's got to, yeah. And if when you bat a guy fifth, he's less likely to get that extra at bat in a game. Your top three hitters are your most likely to get those extra plate appearances, those fourth and those fifth plate appearances, because they're at the top of the order. And your 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 guy, the second highest average on the team, is batting seventh right now. <laughs> so stupid. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And yeah, I know it Randall Grichuk no is is not a career three fifty hitter, but. He when he got hot last year, where did we hit him in the top three spots in the lineup? Yeah, it's, they're they're so stuck, and yeah, it's early. It's games. It was game seven of one sixty two. I'm probably getting mad over spilled milk right now, but just the fact of all of these these pretty glaring decisions that are not being made or that are and for the wrong reasons being made, it's yeah. it's a little bit alarming that. We're giving away these games that should be over. This game should we should have been up six to five at least after the seventh inning when panic. Got oh off yeah, the, God, double. the game should have been over. When you um, when you would put a guy in second base with nobody out and you can't score him, let alone move him over. Yeah, you don't deserve to win many baseball games. Okay, so I have a proposition too because I understand Rowdy Tellez has only had. 16 at bats this season yeah uh, 17 plate appearances with the walk <laughs> yeah um his obp is dot one 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 his slug is zero uh his war is already negative 0.4 so he is an overwhelmingly negative force in the yeah. lineup um we're talking like tank commander edwin jackson levels of negativity um <laughs> it's time it's time to give rowdy uh the option send him down because I understand the argument, like, who are you going to put in there? But he's hitting zero. If if you hit zero, you're of no value. There's no value. So I think it's time for Tyler White to get a shot. Really? After the spring he had with, like, one hit? It, do you think he could hit better than zero? Uh, Probably not much. <laughs> Honestly, but, I, but think, the answer I think is yes. I think we're stuck with Rowdy there for two reasons. No. One... He's our backup first baseman, and two, he's a left-handed bat, which we don't know, have enough of. We I have know Panic, we have Rowdy, and we have Kevin Biggio. It's That's annoying. It. It's so annoying that we're stuck. And he's he needs to be optioned though. We can't. You I, can't have. You I don't cannot see it happening. There's no minor league baseman, season right now. You're not going to just. But he's send hitting down zero. He's hitting. Site. He's Rowdy Telez and I have the same number of MLB hits this season. <laughs> Yeah, that's a problem. But but again, it's it's eighteen plate appearances. He gets that's a lot, man. He gets that's two seven... hits in his next two plate appearances, and that average bumps up to a hundred even. Like it's that's it's a... still terrible. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying, Patrick, is that if he goes, say he goes six for his next twelve, he's then hitting six for six for thirty. His average is at two hundred. Like it's it's a pretty it's a pretty but like it's a quick you climb. And I... You and I know in our hearts that that's not going to happen. I don't know if He's that's 100% true, but it's it's unlikely that he hits 500 over his next 12 plate appearances. But once you get that timing down, it becomes no, a lot man. easier. This is Vogelbach levels of bad. We got Oh, man. I don't I know think if we, that's that far. We got to pull the trigger now. Like, how many games? Like, do you, do you want us to be 10 games below 500 before we pull a trigger on something? 15 games? Like, this is insane, man. I've never seen a lineup trot out yeah. a guy who's hitting zero like this deep into the season when Guriel was hitting like two oh something 
he was optioned down. That was when and he couldn't he, throw the ball from second base, and, though. And then when he came back, he was he was hitting three hundred. But keep and in mind, there was a Triple A season then. There's no baseball games in Triple A for another four weeks still. Man, if Rowdy Tellez has to wait a month to play another baseball game, I'm okay with that. If it means getting a guy who hits zero out of our lineup. The good news is, man, he should be jealous of Danny Jansen's batting average right now. The good news is, Patrick, is we're facing uh, Andrew Heaney tonight, a left-handed pitcher. It's a juicy opportunity. He gave up seven runs over five innings in, or over three innings in his first start of the season. Uh, he walked two and only struck out four, and that was against the White Sox, who are a good hitting team as well. As Bro, the Blue Jays would, should be. <laughs> I would rather Danny Jansen's 2020 stat line or 2021 stat line, whatever, as yeah. opposed to, like, Rowdy Tellez is a black hole right now, and it's not getting any better. He, if This game get... tonight with the lefty on the mound is a, great, is a great time to drop Kevin Biggio down the lineup. Yes. And put somebody, Randall, put a right-handed Rand- batter. Put Vladimir Guerrero or Randall Grichik in the two spot. At this point, I don't care. One of them's going to hit. I say you put Grichik in the two spot and then put Vladdy in the three because Vladdy has more power uh, and Bo. a higher average. Yeah. Bo right now needs to needs. Bo can go to fifth. <laughs> no, he needs to go lower. I don't bring up. No, bring up Guriel really to no fifth. One who can, yeah, Guriel can't. Guriel's sitting worse than Bo. I know he is, but he has more power. <laughs> I just feel like and, this if if the if this offense is going to break out, this is the game to do it. Yeah. I hope they put up fifteen runs tonight and just absolutely destroy Andrew Heaney in the first two innings. <laughs> He's out of there and, and just shut like us up. I want them I want them to make me feel shitty for doing this episode. That's what I want. I want to feel bad about being a negative Nancy for once. I don't do it. I hate being this this person, but I was so mad yesterday. I know. I've we've we've been watching like I've been watching Blue Jays baseball. I remember watching Blue Jays baseball for about twenty about twenty years now. I'll be twenty eight in three weeks, two and a half weeks, and I remember watching baseball when I was like a seven or eight year old in in the in the early two thousands. Carlos Delgado was mashing. Um, and I don't remember being this mad at Blue Jay baseball or this disappointed ever it's just terrible baseball i know i i hate small ball i don't like dropping bunts down but at a certain point you gotta get a bunt down if you're 0 for 9 with the guy at second base you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and say what can we do a little bit differently the next time we go out there and if the answer is maybe we should drop a bunt down you're probably thinking the right way if it's maybe i should just try hit another ball over the fence or hit a ground ball or shortstop (laughs) one of those two options you're probably doing it wrong why what is it about mlb players and having this unless you're like a career 200 hitter anyway what is with this absolute like it's insecurity and fear about dropping a bunch chicks dig the long ball honestly if i was up up to bat and i saw the shift on i'd bunt against a shift 100 percent of the time i would never every single time every single fucking time it wouldn't matter if i was facing the worst pitcher and there was an 85 percent chance i was going to get a meatball that I yeah. knew I could put over the the bleachers, I would still drop a bunt uh, a bunt against a shift every time because it's it's a guarantee. It's yeah. almost impossible to fuck up bunting against. Hey, a shift. if if Rugnet Odor had done that, he might still be a Texas Ranger. But instead, now he's a New York Yankee, which is the weirdest fucking thing since I don't know when. 
It's um, so it's so frustrating. This team is yeah. is terrified. There's a phobia. They're <laughs> they're afraid. They're afraid to drop a bunt. Before af- before we uh before we wrap this up, um, I want to end on. I can't really call it a positive note, but a well-wishing note. Uh, James Paxton's going to undergo Tommy John surgery. Man. Um, Terrible news for Seattle, for MLB, for Canadian baseball fans. Uh, I just want to wish Paxton a speedy recovery. I'm gutted. I hate saying the fortunate thing, but the silver lining of this is that it happened early in the season, so there is a chance that he'll be ready for the beginning of the 2022 season. Yeah. Um, This is a guy that could have been a Blue Jay this season. Not oh saying he would he, that that it would have happened to him if he had been a Blue Jay, but yeah. um, it doesn't make it any less shitty that it, that it happened to him when he's a member of the Seattle Mariners. Um, you never want to see a guy get this kind of injury, especially at his point in his career. He's kind of on the t- he's approaching the tail end, and to miss a year, uh, that's that's going to be difficult. So we wish him well, um, and hopefully he can come back healthy next year, and hopefully we get George Springer back in the lineup soon because. Boy, do we need the help? <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. Look, these are going to be uh, three additional very ugly games against the Angels. Go into this weekend, maybe not believing that this team is going to walk out five and three, uh, or no, sorry, what would it be? Uh, could be could be uh or we could walk out five six and, and four if we win the six next and, three games six and four is the best case scenario that's what i figured we would be after 10 games but that means we have to win out yeah that's asking a lot especially of a team that just doesn't have the starting pitching yeah the Our, good I, news is though andrew Heaney tonight patrick jose quintana he, tomorrow he was bad in his first start too um these are guys that jay's got to jump on because the angels are similar to us elite offensive lineup their differences they're performing right now uh but pitching is questionable at the very best yeah. in terms of starting pitching both teams have a great bullpen the angels bullpen credit to them they shut the boys down last night uh they were striking out batters left right and center um that runner on second base they didn't care they seemed to, maybe we should have put the runner at first base to start this extra inning maybe that would have phased them more i don't know but <laughs> if only that was an option could have tried that but yeah, two big games here. Uh, this game tonight, if they can't jump on 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 Andrew Heaney, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long weekend because the Yankees are coming to town after this. And uh, yeah, I believe we'll face Garrett Cole again, so that's that's fun. <laughs> but that's that's wrap this up. We've been ranting and raving, I, I, mostly me for the last forty minutes now. Um, but we'll get this one. We're gonna get this one out. So hopefully people catch this before tonight's game at the Angels, so that when we put up 14 runs and Andrew Heaney, we look like geniuses for saying that. Uh, but for Patrick Marshall in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll catch you guys after the Yankee series. <laughs>